0: Now, during the last three broadcasts, we have been talking about the question of the Christian's alienation from this world. In 1 Peter 2, which we have been studying, verses 9 through 12, we read that the Christian belongs to a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that he is a part of a people that is God's own possession and that God wants us to proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He says, you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Then he goes on to say, beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, on account of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now we've been pointing out that everyone is alienated, and everyone must have a sense of alienation. That we are born alienated from God, from his promises, from his kingdom, from his people, from all of the joys and all the benefits of being a child of God. And that is the most terrible and deep-seated alienation that any man could ever conceivably have. It makes him think as he goes to bed at night and lay his head upon the pillow each evening, I wonder what would happen to me if I were never to awaken to another day. It disturbs him every time that his automobile goes veering off the edge of the road as he Slides on the ice and he just barely gets it back onto the road again, it disturbs him and makes him think, I wonder what would happen if I never were able to come out of that slide. I wonder what would happen if during this sickness I should not get well but worse and worse and die. There's a terrible sense of alienation that dogs the very footsteps of every man and traces him and tracks him down until it finally gets him in hell if he doesn't know Jesus Christ as his Savior. That's an awful thing to have walking side by side with you through this world. Not only that, we've seen that when he tries to find some kind of sense of satisfaction in this world, when he tries to put down roots in this world and and to find some kind of peace or happiness or joy here. Something that's lasting, something that that really has significance and meaning to it. That all the castles that he builds are merely of sand. They go washing out with the next wave of life. That all of the Dreams that he has are like the soap bubbles which float so beautifully in the sunshine and sparkle and shine with all the glorious colors of them, but that as soon as they're touched by the finger, they go into nothingness. That's what this world is like for a man who is alienated from God. His only hope is to turn to Jesus Christ, to recognize his sin, his lost condition apart from Christ, and to believe that Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross in the place of guilty sinners like him, and to find the forgiveness that there is only in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we notice that once a man comes to know Jesus Christ as his Savior, he still has a sense of alienation. It's different. It's quite different. But his alienation now is from this world, His alienation is no longer an alienation from God, but having found God and having come to know him and having become a part of the heavenly country and having a place that he can call his own for eternity, he now begins to get a growing sense of alienation from the things that are around him in this world. The problem that the Christian has is that often he doesn't have that sense growing soon enough. Or fully enough, but lives very much like the world around him. And so Peter says, I urge you, since you are aliens and strangers, to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. What is he saying in those words? Well, he's saying that the Christian who belongs to another country, who lives here in this world but belongs to the heavenly country about which God speaks in Hebrews 11, that country which the saints of faith looked forward to and walked toward through their lives and desired with a deep passion that when you belong to that country, you must cultivate different desires and different tastes from those who live here. When you go to a foreign country, One of the interesting things that you find in that country is that the ways in which people live and the foods that they eat are very different from your ways and from your food. Sometimes they're the hot spices that just burn your mouth off. But they're the daily kinds of uh, meals that people eat in those countries. You just don't fit. You haven't grown up on that kind of food. It's hard to take at times. And the ways that people act and the things that they do and the customs that they observe are so different from yours. The more you become like Jesus Christ, the less you will live like the rest of the people around you. The more alienation that you will feel toward this world and toward those around you, and the warmer you will look forward, more warmly you will look forward to the country that's coming. Now this doesn't mean that you become alienated from people in the sense that you're no longer active or useful, exactly the opposite is true. But it does mean that down deep inside of you the sense of alienation will grow. And so, because you must cultivate different desires and tastes, because God himself demands that you abstain from those things that are fleshly desires and lusts in this world, You must be a different person from those around you. God won't let you be the same. And so when you do change, when you do become different, when you are a different sort of person from your neighbor or from those with whom you work or from those uh, whom you see day by day in school or wherever it may be, people begin to look at you. Your ways are different. Your desires are different. Your tastes are different. Just the way that you handle the same problems that they face is going to be different. They're going to think you're queer. They're not going to like it. They're going to try to get you to do what they do. They're going to try to get you to follow their ways and to cultivate their desires and their tastes. But God says, no, you're to abstain from the ways of this world, from those fleshly desires that wage war against your soul, There's got to be a difference, a radical difference, a radical cleavage between the ways of a Christian who is a foreigner in this world and the ways of an unsaved man who is at home with the ways of those who do not know God. Tomorrow we're going to talk about what these fleshly lusts are that wage against the soul. So tune in for our next broadcast at the next time, and we'll be discussing that question. Now, Lord, we do ask that you'll help us to recognize the need to be different, radically, totally different from those around us who do not know Christ. For we ask it in his name, amen.